Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 200 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Ooh. So everybody, stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets. Our pins have character. From deep in the bowels of the USS Cerritos, welcome listeners, cadets, junior officers, and all-around non-coms to the podcast that barely goes where any podcast has gone before. What kind of trouble did Boimler, Mariner, Tendy, and Rutherford find themselves into this week in the latest episode entitled Moist Vessel? Yeah. Well, let's find out. Substituting for Dan Davidson, my name is Bill Smith, and this is Discovering Trek Lower Decks. Thanks so much for joining us, and welcome to Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe Companion, presented by Fansets. Each week, we're here to break down the latest Lower Decks episode and hopefully have a whole lot of fun doing it. We like to consider ourselves the finest waste extraction team aboard the USS Cerritos, because when we aren't cleaning it up, Casey is at least dishing it out. Hell yeah. <laughs> and there's really nobody better to have on this team than these two following wonderful people. First up, she loves to talk Trek with her good friend Haley over on the popular Rewind here on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. She's working hard to invent an internet connection in Canada that actually works. So she'll probably be busy for the rest of uh, forever, eh? She's the engaging and mellifluous Sarah. Sarah, welcome aboard. Thanks. I just swallowed a burp. <laughs> You're welcome. That's, hey, that's how we do it. That's how we roll. And then, uh, and then there's this guy. He's been a producer on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network since day one of our Patreon, and we felt so sorry for him that we actually made him a voice on the network. And whether that was a good or bad thing, we're really not sure yet. He's the uh, the, the beautiful mm. and still yet untested Casey Shafsky. Hey, Casey. Hey there. I, I know for sure what's going on, and I was told there would be no tests. <laughs> yeah, no, th thank God, because I would fail those instantly. But it's it's good to have you guys here, as always. And we are without Dan, who is a little under the weather tonight, and I'm sure we'll be back next week. And we're going to try to not mess this up without him. I hope um, so. Man, yeah, it's it's he's touch the and go. Force. Yeah, he's the glue that keeps this ship together. So we're pretty much screwed. Oh ship. Yeah. <laughs> but here we are a full f <laughs> a full 4 weeks into lower decks with oh, uh, quite possibly ready. the the worst episode title in Star Trek history, but yep. but putting that aside, let's rank the latest episode. Name, rank. Check off. Pavel. Rank. Admiral. We know a lot of people in Starfleet, except maybe Mariner. Rank is a very important aspect of their career. So, so let's find out what everyone thought. And Sarah, we'll start with you. On a scale of one to four pips, how would you rate Moist Vessel? I'm going to give it three because it made me laugh a lot. But there was some stuff that I was kind of like, meh. Okay. In the words of Bill, meh. Meh. That's a that's such a great quote. I love that one. That Bill guy is pretty smart. Casey, what about you? How many pips and uh, and no spoilers, of course. No spoilers, absolutely. Um, barely two pips. 
Um, I, I, I wasn't digging this episode that much. Wow. That's fair. I think I come in right at a solid two. I didn't <gasps> dislike it, but I didn't love it. I thought there were enough funny moments. I thought there was a, a Star Trek story at the heart of this. Um, but there are just some weird things that, that I'm trying to get past. So, um, I saw, we're, I'm sure we're going to talk about that more next, but, um, before I regale the masses with the patented discovering Trek six sentence recap, uh, Sarah, why don't you tell everyone how they can get in touch with us to provide their thoughts on moist vessel. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Yes, please don't talk moistly because COVID. (laughs) On both Twitter and Facebook, you can find us at Discovering Trek. In both of those places, you can leave us comments, questions, or tell us what you would do if you had to work aboard a starship with your mom. And if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can do so by going to our website at trekgeeks.com and clicking on the giant blue button on the right hand side right the right hand side it's the right, right. side right side please remember right. though the other right not the yeah please remember though that any comment you leave us could be used against you in a court of law or on a future episode of discovering trek bill both of those 100 percent true thanks sarah <laughs> you got it black alert black alert From here on in, this episode of Discovering Trek contains spoilers. So if you haven't watched episode four of Star Trek Lower Decks, then stop listening right now. No, seriously, just stop. Don't do it. Go away. Go go away. Go over to CBS All Access or whatever weird Canadian channel you watch Lower Decks on and and then watch the episode. (laughs) Come on back here to Discovering Trek. Otherwise, you're going to run the risk of finding out plot developments and character details for moist Moist. vessel. Vessel. It's time for the best recap in the galaxy. It's the Six Sentence Recap, starring the one and only Bill Smith. Six sentences, Bill, starting now. Go. And action. Okay, here we go. The starship Cerritos and the Merced are working on towing a generation ship that has some organic growth material aboard it that transforms inorganic matter into the organic. Tendi messes up an ascension and keeps trying to make up for it. The captain punishes Mariner by promoting her to lieutenant. Tellarite dude gets annoyed and messes up the towing of the generation ship, unleashing the organic growth material everywhere. And I do mean everywhere. Freeman and Mariner work together to solve the problem, and Mariner gets busted back to Ensign, where she kind of wanted to be anyway. The end. Nice job. Six actual sentences. I was expecting 15 to 18. The first one was kind of long, though, so, you know. Well, it was a bit of a run-on, but it qualifies. It totally qualifies. It was fantastic, Bill, as always. Thank you very much for giving us that... um, Six-sentence synopsis. I mean, that's literally what it is. So now we are going to move via the Ministry of Silly Walks towards Casey's Cornea (laughs) Corner. Thank you. I'm totally not even doing it right. I'm just like moving my arms. It has nothing to do with walking. However, it makes for great audio. Yeah. (laughs) 
Thank you. Yes, great. Hey, if you can see me now. <laughs> Watch what you can only hear. <laughs> yes. However, we now have Casey, who is going to point out all the incredible Easter eggs and things that you may not have seen. And I was so excited that I saw some stuff. So I want to know if Casey saw it too. Um, so take it away, mister. Would you look at that? Thank you, Sarah. All right. Well, mm-hmm. everybody jump in when you have an opportunity here since Sarah's found stuff. I got to say, you know, we see the USS Merced, which has the blue paint job, making sure you know it's a science vessel. I kind of like how they're doing that on the outside of the ship. Yep. Um, the generation ship. Um, I was wondering if, if this was just like a little dig at maybe some old school gatekeepers because it's... A, a ship full of mummies, right? <laughs> Dead weight. And that ship has to be carried forward by ships from the future. Oh. Like, hmm, as I Ooh. stroke my chin here, wondering what's going on. <laughs> We've got Captain Durango. The, is this the first Terrell? Ter- ter- I can't speak. I have Danisms. You oh. do dance on here, but his effects are far-reaching. It is. Durango, is he the first Tellarite Starfleet captain? Yeah, I think he is. The okay. first one we've actually seen. And supposedly he's a captain. We would never know because his jowls and his beard cover the pips on his tunic. So, I don't know. Maybe he's faking. I'm thinking captains at the California-class vessels are just very... Um, um, no give a crap? Yeah. Because yeah. he he gets annoyed that that Freeman you know her, her ship is a little further ahead and it's like dude come on there, there's an right. intense rivalry in California it's it's like West Coast East Coast yeah I hear you and then when we're talking about that Durango if that name sounds familiar Troy was a holodeck character in Fistful of Datas named Durango so you can check that out that's true good one thank you we've got a very cool Ascension ritual. We have a sand mandala on there, and sometimes these are called either dry painting or sand painting, and these are practiced by Native Americans, Tibetan and Buddhist monks, indigenous Australians. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a very cool little thing to check out. We get mentions of cues, travelers, Moriarty on the holodeck. Poor Moriarty. Never leaving that damn holodeck. Ever. We get a nice little shout out for the Temerians. From TNG episode Darmok. And oh, yeah. We all yeah. know the classic quote on that, which is Bill and Sarah, pint glasses empty. That sounds like a tragic story, <laughs> isn't it? But it tells you everything you need. It does. It really yeah, does. Right there. Boom. Um, we get a really cool thing, which was the artwork above Mirror's bed in her new quarters. And we saw that in TNG's Best of Both Worlds. That was artwork done by Rick Sternbach. And I actually found out that information on his Facebook page because I was looking at it and I, go, and I thought, I go, okay, that, that's there for a reason, but I couldn't pinpoint it. And then he wrote about it. I was like, hey, thanks for doing my job. I appreciate it. <laughs> Once again, we find out phasers have another setting. Stun, kill, remove graffiti, and now clean carbon. So... <laughs> There's nothing those crappy old dustbusters can't do. The phaser has become quite the utilitarian tool in mm-hmm. in Star Trek Lower right? Decks. And I'm really kind of surprised by that because you'd think that they would have been using this on next gen all the time. It's like, oh, hey, look, there's some dust in the corner. 
hey, grab my type two phaser. Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting to see it in the bar or something to kind of like mix a drink or like <laughs> chop a potato into some French fries or something. Yeah. Like, hey, let's warm up that hot chocolate just a little yeah, bit. Put on the julienne setting and we'll. Let's do a nice flambe. Ooh. There we go. <laughs> Delicious. Oh, hey, the holodeck. It's really for what we all knew oh. it was really for educational yeah. purposes. Like, mm. Yep. Okay. Um,. Mariner, who, like, not happy with anybody in this episode, but she keeps the nice little replicator card and gives it to Boimler so he can go get his mac and cheese on at the end. I was like, oh, mac and cheese. Want that. The best. And then, you know, this might just be because I'm from California, but when Mariner first gets her assignment list, if you look at the order of how things go, it's turbo lift, lubing, Holodeck waste removal and then carbon filter maintenance. T H C. So, oh, interesting. You know, I looked at that, I go, ah, I think they know their audience. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Casey would pick up on that detail. Well done. Well, hey, thank you. But that's the stuff that I found. And I just said, you know, there weren't as many that I thought little Easter eggs or callbacks in this episode. But still a good amount where I think they're just peppering in whatever they want, whenever they want. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I, I, I caught all of those. Um, I, I didn't notice any others that that come to mind. Sarah, what about you? Were there any that he left off? No. Darn it. <laughs> I was really hoping that I saw something. My only was the pickup on the Moriarty. I was like, oh, I know that. <laughs> that was a thing in an episode once. Uh. I heard about that thing. That's yeah. And I didn't really appreciate it all the reference to the traveler. Uh, If you've listened to Rewind, you know how my feelings are about the traveler and his hands. Uh, (laughs) That that creeps me out. That is like human seal hands, and you know, not good wiping. There was a. (laughs) There was a discussion, I think it was on our, our official Facebook group, Camp Kittimer, this week about how the traveler could actually have been Jack Crusher. And then I'm thinking to myself, that means that the Traveler and Beverly got together. I'm like, well, Beverly has has had a, a, a ghost candle. She has no standards, apparently. She, she has no standards. Well, then there's Wesley, too. I mean, you know, he's uh, he was a product, potentially, of the Traveler for real, if you want to put that in your head canon. I'm just no, going to leave you I both with that. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> Not into it. Not into Kick it. Me out. Thank Casey, you. No. Casey, great job this week, buddy, as Thank always. You, One thumb up. There's <laughs> two thumbs up. I'm holding where's my the, phone. Two thumbs where's up. the other thumb? <laughs> it's on the holodeck. Oh, God. Hey, psst, I got a question for everyone. Who likes to collect Star Trek stuff? Me. I do. I me. Do. I, do. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. You know I do. And so do Bill and Casey, apparently. And these days, one of the best places to get the newest and best Star Trek swag is over at fansets.com. No way, Sarah. Wait. Ah. Way. 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 Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, Fansets is always hard at work to bring the newest and bestest pins to every Star Trek fan in the quadrant, from special ships to crew members to amazing boxed collector sets fan sets has it freaking all they really do you know i'm really glad that you brought up those boxed collector sets 
Because each year since Fanset started, they have like a special collector set available at STLV. They started with the Captain's Collection, and then they did TNG 30, followed by DS9 25. And last year, it was the Great Women of Trek set. Mm -hmm. And while we may not be in Vegas to celebrate STLV this year, that doesn't mean another awesome collector set isn't coming from Fansets. Hell no, I say. Hell no. This year may be the best one of them all. It's the Voyager 25th anniversary collector set, which will soon be available over at Fansets.com. The design and detail in each of these pins in this collection is really just unbelievable. Each pin is going to come together to form a beautiful rendition of the Voyager com badge with each character character of the show beautifully represented. I mean, heck, even Tom Paris has his very own Delta Flyer pin in the collection. Wow. So I know it, it's really awesome. That's awesome. Until it's released later this year, be sure to check out fansets.com for all the releases from not only Star Trek, but there's, let's see, there's DC Comics, there's Alien, there's Batman 66, and yes, there's that stupid little show called Firefly. <laughs> so everyone, check this out. Your friends at Fansets have a great offer for you, Discovering Trek listeners. If you would like to save 15% off your entire order at fansets.com, enter the special discount code LOWERDECKS at checkout. That's lower decks in all capital oh. letters with no spaces <laughs> for some great savings. And don't forget that if you spend $30 or more, you are going to get free shipping within the United States. Hey, and make sure when you're typing that in with all caps that you yell it as well. That's what caps locks means. <laughs> God, they're so mean. Fan sets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor of Discovering Trek and for Sarah not yelling at me again. This is like the inmates running the asylum. I hope <laughs> Davidson's back next week. <laughs> okay, I'm making up an intro for Sarah because you know what? Sarah doesn't need an intro. She's drinking hard. She's talking hard. She's watching hard. She's got all the moist vessel information that you're going to want, you're going to need, and she's bringing it to you right now in all caps, baby. Space, the final frontier. Because it was no longer Starfleet. So this is a huge victory for the good guys. You know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time. But I don't like bullies, and I don't like threats, and I don't like you. Let's make sure that history never forgets the name Enterprise. Hit it. With that <laughs> intro, I wanted to also be like, and also Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> walk Hard. All right. We got vessels. We got damp vessels. No, we got moist no. vessels. <laughs> damp. <laughs> damp. Mildly undry vessels. Um, this episode, you know, you guys gave it twos, twos and a halfs, whatever number you gave it. I gave it a three because I found it so funny. Like I LOL'd on this one more than the other ones, but I did find, yeah, there's some stuff that I was just kind of like, meh, whatever. Like, you know, we have our opinions and that's okay. But some of the banter was so funny that it was just joke after joke that I was like, I can't find a favorite line. I'm going to just like, I'm going to give a five minute, like, just re-talk <laughs> of the whole thing because it was just so funny. So here are my five top, like, quotes, lines, however long or short they are. Starting with number one. 
The universe is balanced on the back of a giant koala. Why is he smiling? What does he know? <laughs> it was just such a creepy scene, but it was yeah. also just kind of like, what does he know? And is this true? Oh, God, like, I need to start studying this in further detail for my own personal <laughs> spiritual well-being. Maybe instead of the great bird of the galaxy, we should be you know, talking about the giant koala of the universe. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Ooh. <sighs> number two. This this to me was the funniest line, I think, in any... <laughs> I should have given it number one, but I love it. It just sums up the character so well. Number 17. <laughs> number 45. He's going to sing and play acoustic guitar for hours. And the songs? He wrote them all. They're all about that month he spent living in Barcelona. <laughs> like, Barcelona. That is so <laughs> ransom in a nutshell. Like Everyone yeah. knows that guy. And you hate getting stuck talking to that guy at a party. And that was so funny to me. I spent so many times pausing it to make sure I got the quote right. And I still kind of misset it. So whatever. All right. Number three. People really use it for that? Oh, yeah. It's mostly that. I mean, we talked on it already. This is what we've all been waiting for. It's been years, decades in the making. Yes, that is what people use holodeck can, for. Can you imagine? Not just hollow sweets. Can you imagine if Kirk had a holodeck? I mean, come on. Oh. 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 No. It'd be yeah. over. It's they would dumb. never have him. No. He no. would have been court martialed. He'd be so dehydrated. <laughs> he needs a good vitamin B complex. Uh, number two. I couldn't read write the whole scene because the whole scene was funny to me because it's my everyday life working in an office setting when they're talking about office chairs yes. and they're talking about bar stools. You're not sitting on them right. I've killed better men for less. No, you haven't. Like, I just <laughs> I took that part out of the argument because it was it was so funny. But like the beige strip on the leather and it's too ostentatious. Too ostentatious. Like, that is like as a government worker, that's a conversation oh. you hear ergonomically. That is not a correct chair to be sitting on. And it's like, why am I here? Anyway, it was it was good. And lastly, this whole scene was so cute, and I loved it. And it came up with the best line at the end. You read my mission brief, didn't you? No, no. Well, I mean, a little, but just ironically, just so I could make fun of you. Uh-huh. Okay. Computer, hit it. Hitting it. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the computer said hitting it, I thought was the funniest, just cute little line. And I put it as my number one. Because also, it tied in with the fact that Mariner actually pays attention and she cares and by her reading ironically mm -hmm, that mission briefing it just kind of says that she wants to know what her mom's up to and she's proud of her mom and i thought it was a cute little oh, story definitely yeah totally she could I have read her. A, she could have read a cover to cover and she would never admit it i think at this oh point. absolutely and that's mariner in a nutshell yeah, yeah. i think I there think was a part of her that. yeah go ahead go oh well i i think sarah you're dead on because i think she's doing that all the time mm -hmm. and telling no one Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I do think there was a part of her that wanted to maybe keep that new rank, but not not yet. But I I think she wants it. She just missed her friends. And I think she cares enough about Moimler that if she got it and he didn't, she'd feel really bad about that for a while. Plus, that uh, that senior staff talent night was uh, – oh, oh, no, that was a little mind-numbing. <laughs> that was oh. so good. It's about the notes you don't sing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love how they <laughs> were just destroying everything of TNG of – God, these, these <sighs> talent nights suck. You know, it felt a lot like The Office. Yeah, that did. was Michael yeah. Scott talking about basketball. Basketball is jazz. I just you know? watched that. So good. <laughs> so good. Anyway. Ken, 
catch you on the flippity flip. Catch you. <laughs> nice. I'm out of here. Catch you on the nice flippity flip. Anyway, well, once again, that's that's my corner in a nutshell. I don't know how to break it down because I find it to be such a funny, quotable show. Well, and I think yeah. that's the best part of it. I mean, you know, there's kind of an embarrassment of riches as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. So great job, Sarah. Oh, thank you. That was very yeah. good. Very good. Okay. I got to say, I love the one little bit when we have our talent show or management briefing. And it's like, oh, hello. I didn't see you beam in there. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. What corporate videos have everybody watched that comes on it's like oh well hello have you ever tasted a rainbow at saber you will (laughs) i'm christian slater (laughs) i've loaded the appropriate decon gel into compartment b well it's obvious that there will be lots of goop in lower decks so this segment each week we're going to try to get a grip on all the stuff that was flying around And some of it I don't think we want to touch, but this whole episode could be something that needs to get into the decon chamber because uh, it's the whole stuff started out goopy before it crystallized or turned into flowers or plants or rocks. And of course, I'm talking about that that organic growth material that uh, affected both the Merced and the Cerritos. It kind of reminded me of TNG's masks, where things on the ship would just start randomly turning into something else. Oh, but in this case, very organic. And I got to say, um, uh, the Merced didn't fare so well. Mm. No. No. Absolutely no. not. For them, it was a truly organic experience. Oh. Sarah will be here all week. Just, uh, uh, I won't. Remember <laughs> to tip your waitress. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, we had the, um, the multicolored sand dry. Um, in the ascension that yeah. uh, that Tendi screwed up, um, not quite goopy, but it did no. create quite the cloud in that guy's quarters, didn't it? And when you thought about that, I go, if if this person has been working X amount of years, ten or whatever, to produce that thing, and you're the one oh. to sneeze, fall on it, whatever it is, it's like there, there's no recovery. There really isn't. I mean. There's nothing you can do to make it better. I have to give Tendi all the credit in the world because she tried. I mean, that's who Tendi is, you know. Mm. Um, and, and she she kind of made it better. We can talk about more about that in a bit. But um, were there any other goopy type things that that you guys wanted to call out? Jizz. <laughs> Jizz. Jizz in my pants. Jizz in the holodeck. We finally got confirmation, even though it was bleeped even though the closed captions were bleeped. There's jizz, and they have jizz filters in the holodeck, and it's gross, but we all knew exactly what the heck was going on and nope. why Wesley Crusher was always late for everything. <laughs> <laughs> we know why Riker spent so much time on the holodeck. Because yeah. um, he was going to full Riker. He's working yeah, Riker maneuver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was also the goop that uh, Mariner got hit with when she was working on the turbo lift. And oh, of course, right. the uh, right. chief of security was just like ripping down the signage and just doesn't care. Oh, sorry about that. And moves on. And she was just like, she was having a rough day. I didn't know that turbo lifts needed lubrication. 
Well, now everything needs lubrication. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that what the that, holodeck's for? <laughs> Bill, that told us a lot more about you than you really wanted to tell us right there. <laughs> um, so, a, a different kind of of decon chamber this week. Um, for once, Boimler was pretty much spared. Um, which, yes. which is kind of a first. It's just you know three weeks in a row we got nailed by something, and uh, <coughs> and uh, poor kid just sort of skates free this week. So. Was he in the holodeck too? <laughs> Not at that time. <laughs> Not at that time. Boims got off clean this time. Uh, well, you know, there's there's always next week. We'll see. I hope. Let's see, and now it's time to get in the uh, aforementioned turbo lift and go all the way down to the lowest of the lower decks to discuss some of the other elements of this week's episode in Deck 47, sponsored by our friends at Science Division. They're the makers of the galaxy's first interactive Tribble that you can control with your own smartphone. These brand new Tribbles will be an incredible addition to your Star Trek collection, and you can find out more at sciencediv.com. Science Division... Trouble's never been this fun. <laughs> and neither have you, Casey. <laughs> neither <laughs> have you. So so let's talk first about the whole mother-daughter relationship. They kind of get teamed up. I mean, Freeman decides to make Mariner's life hell. And she figures the only way she can do it is to give her the responsibility she doesn't want. But when the inor- when the organic growth material starts hitting the fan... And the fan starts turning into plants and stuff. Um, they had to do something, and they had to work together to do, which I thought was very Star Trek at its core, Sarah. I I love a good mother-daughter dynamic storyline, personally. Um, and this one is very traditional, but still kind of a bit of a riot to watch like it's it's she's annoying her and she's annoyed by her and she wants her gone and she can figure it out but there's such a deep respect really at both ends that you know exists it's just they don't want to they don't want to talk about it no they're both so stubborn they're not going to be the first to admit that they're like i'm proud of you but they are and you see it in this episode and i think this was the first episode that really took it to the next level and um I love it. I think it's hilarious. And I can't wait for everyone to find out the truth. I I want them to drag it out, but I don't want them to at the same time. I want everyone to know, especially Ransom, if he's kind of had some feelings towards her. And now he's going to realize, oh, my God, it's the it's the captain's daughter. Now I want her even more because it's forbidden fruit. But I thought it was a good episode because of that. That's what it was. That scene, those that storyline and humor that made me give it the three. Okay, Personally. I think that's I think that's fair. I think it would be better if Ransom hooks up with her before he finds out mm-hmm. that it's Freeman's mm-hmm. oh, daughter. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I think that would be that would be the best way to go. Because I mean, that's going to put him in the doghouse for sure. Mm-hmm. I have to believe. I want them together in the hollow suite, and she walks in, and it's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. I, I can you see go. you've given this some thought. Oh, I've thought about it. <laughs> yeah i think it was pretty evident that that rams ransom doesn't know um mm-hmm. just based on the Nobody things he said all. yeah not at all no boimler doesn't know no absolutely not and I, it makes me wonder why <sighs> yeah I, I i mean i guess it would be like if you were going to school and your parent was the principal or one of the teachers and you don't okay. want to be singled out and you don't want it to be yeah, a thing that's a stigma and then it just becomes it kind of grows into its own now she's just such a bad seed in her parents eyes they're like well, i don't want to be responsible for that but 
I don't know. It's hard to say, but I think that's probably why it started is that give her a chance so she doesn't have to live up to the expectations of her parents, which obviously are both in good position. And Yeah. Totally. Casey, uh, anything you want to bring up this week as we uh, we go around the table? Well, on this, I mean, the the mother-daughter aspect of this episode was what I found was the best part of the episode. Um, I give it two out of the, the four pips because I, I found the other plot with the Ascension and Tendi. I, I didn't see a lot of character development for Tendi, and I thought it, she was kind of underserved. In this, okay. where I go, yeah, she's supposed to be passionate and energetic and all that, but she's not manic or unhinged. Um, and then she's caring about this this new character that we've never met before, and I didn't care at all about if he was ascending or not. Mm-hmm. And right, I found right. I found there was no emotional connection mm-hmm. whatsoever. And then you know when you find out he he's lying, it's like, well, I I don't care. Mm-hmm. And then when he did ascend, I was still, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny you say that. When I rewatched it again today, I fast forward through all those scenes. Yeah. And that's why I didn't give it a four is because I didn't like that sub plot for me. It was kind of just like, uh, yeah. it was too much Tindy and it was just not me. Eh. It was I, that. And, and part of it where I go, almost all the characters came off kind of crappy in this episode. Because I go, I, I mean, the mother-daughter aspect's going on, but it's like when you're actively trying to undermine your daughter to get her off, as opposed to, listen, this isn't, I mean, I get for drama's sake and, and right. story's sake and all that. But it was like, you know, Ransom's in there going, hey, you can do this. And Captain's like, yo, yeah, I could I could do that. And I mean, even Shaq's going into the turbo, just ripping off the sign, no regard for anybody <laughs> working on there. It's like, she's on top. Of the turbo lift. Um, Occupational health and safety, people. I know, right? It's important. Kept going on that, and it was just like everybody, the you know, Tellerite captain who states that the towing is a very delicate procedure, but then his ego gets in the way and screws everything up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Boimler is like just a walking, talking pile of Play-Doh waiting for somebody to form him into whatever he needs to be at that moment. To to become a officer, and I was I just kept going ah, but thank God the mother daughter aspects came in there, and it's like Sarah's saying yeah there is respect, but boy the tonal shift of this episode between those two was so fast mm-hmm. for me, and it threw me. It's like you know we're bickering, 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 instantaneously. Oh, atmosphere is changing. This is going on, and. I didn't buy it. So I think that's I wasn't fair sure about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. I think that was probably why I gave it two pips that in, in the way that, that Mariner kind of talked to the Admiral at the end, which just would not happen. Are Never. we all in agreement on that? I yes. think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, she'd find herself in the, on that asteroid with all the other uh, uh, EMH holograms, you know, <laughs> mining for dilithium yeah. or whatever they were doing. I think mm-hmm. this is a good example of why a half hour isn't enough for a show. Sometimes I think that yeah. maybe if this mm-hmm. was a longer episode, we would have gotten a bit more of that. It it would have made a bit more sense to see a bit of the relationship between the two. Yeah, change. And this is where you get the false drama, where you mm. it's called lower decks. You know, she's not going to stay. Mm-hmm. At, at the station that she's been giving. Right. So how, how, how is that now going to just 
go back back to the norm. And I, I think it's a little bit of undercutting themselves in a story situation. Mm. I agree with that. I mean, we know that they have to interact with the senior officers and there are going to be times where we see a little more upper deck than we see lower deck. And this is one of those instances, but I think the problem is that they underserve not just Tendi and not just Rutherford, but also Boimler in a way too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Boimler did have some good things. I kind of liked it when he spilled coffee on ransom. Um, (laughs) That was kind of good. Right um, in the Richard. <laughs> right where they'd probably need the holodeck filter. Um, but I, I think it was at the expense of so many other good things that could have happened. Again, not a terrible episode by any no. means, but I think it, I, I think it's, if I had to stack rank them right now of the four for me, I think it would probably be in the number four spot. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Cause they're, they're getting really close to being where the senior staff is overused as the, as the foil. Yeah. It's getting dangerous on that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if this is this ship an awful ship and crew, or are they pretty good? Is, mm-hmm. you know, the captain keeps saying, I want to be respected, but, and these things go on. And I, I just kind of like feel like a ping pong ball going, mm-hmm. I'm not sure where they're going with this yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still lots of fun, but still mm-hmm. there was room for improvement in this episode. Mm-hmm. So anything else you guys wanted to bring up before we start to start to wrap it up and bring it home? No, I think that pretty much covers it. I was going to make the joke, though, that I think that in a way, the reason that the senior crew seemed to be so terrible in like the meeting and stuff talking about chairs is that that was the perspective we were getting from the lower deck. So maybe they were having a real legit conversation, but in her head, it was just chairs. So, yeah, yeah, right. You know, playing and mundane, them up. Yeah. And useless. Yeah. And nothing, nothing is happening here. I could see it being somewhat mundane, but, uh, I don't. I have to believe they talk about more important things than the leather on the chairs. <laughs> but what do I yeah. know? What do you know? Yeah, what exactly. Know? <laughs> Casey, um, next yes. week it looks like there's a fairly significant development in the life of one particular ensign. Oh yes, Bill, there is. Next time on Discovering Trek, we'll deep dive into the fifth episode of Lower Decks, entitled "Cupid's." Errant arrow. Will we meet Boimler's girlfriend? No. Really. Until then, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere fine podcasts are found. Plus, you can now support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon, get access to the raw audio of all our podcasts and a lot of other perks. Do it. Do it, Bill. Do it. Dan, hurry back. I mean... (laughs) We're running amok. We'd like to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek, and we are incredibly thankful for their support. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go all cockney on our producers. Cockney would be perfect. No. Hello, Ken Trip. <laughs> now there's Ken Trip, Charlie Mulvey, Chris Trebuzio, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Mike Bovia, Sean O'Halloran, Peter Craig, Ken Bird, Jamie Rogers, David Hood, Rachel Delaney, Kyle Castillo, Chaz Bradshaw, Kimberly Hartman, Christina Werther, Steph Lescu, Jim McMahon, and the lovely and talented Jess Fashon. 
If you would like to support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks podcast network, beam on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks, where subscription levels start at $1 a month. Ooh, a buck, people. You can do that. For more great Star Trek discussion, please check out the other podcasts from the Trek Geeks podcast network. In addition to Rewind with Sarah <gasps> and Haley, there's Politrex, Five Year Mission, the podcast, and the brand new Infinite Trek, providing even more discussion on Star Trek Lower Decks every Tuesday. To find all our podcasts and where you can download them, visit trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network. No one talks Trek like we do. At least certainly not tonight. Another great discussion, <laughs> Sarah and Casey. Uh, thank you so much. Huge thanks to you for joining me here. We look forward to Dan rejoining us next week. Oh, thank God. So we can all get together and talk about episode five. Cupid's Errant Arrow. And until next time, never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.